Welcome to Big G in Conversation, the podcast from inside Guelph City Hall. Hi, I'm Wendy King, and on today's show, we're talking about growing pains, all the good, and maybe some challenges that come along as the city grows. Welcome to the Big G in Conversation, where we talk all things City of Guelph and budget. We're going to talk about the impacts of a growing city on a budget and the community. With me is Tara Baker, Treasurer and General Manager of Finance. Tara is one of our podcast regulars, so welcome back, Tara. Thanks. Good to be here again. And new to the conversation is Krista Walkie, General Manager of Planning and Business Services. And Krista, I understand you're fairly new to your role? Yes, thank you, Wendy. I've been at the city for three months now. Awesome. So thanks for joining us. And rounding out our panel today, Jennifer Rose, who is the General Manager of Environmental Services. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, great to be here today. Just let me point out, first of all, girl power. I mean, really, big roles, big departments, a lot of responsibility for you ladies. So congrats on that for sure. Thank you. Thanks. So I was looking at the city website and I know this population now is about 135,000 and that you're bracing for a population boon over the next 30 years. So Tara, with that in mind, uh, how do you set up a city to grow in the right way? So thanks, Wendy. Um, I think that that, that's exactly uh, the the challenge I think that uh, we are trying to get across uh, through this budget is that we are growing and uh, when we grow we have a lot of different planning um, considerations in terms of uh, the infrastructure and the, the you know the types of things we're going to have to deliver service wise to those growing populations and the new businesses uh, in the city and uh, and so the city does a lot of uh, planning for that and and uh, both Jennifer and Krista can talk a lot about what those planning um, processes look like and and then uh, at the end of the day uh, how those uh, processes lead to the costs in our budget. So it, and it, it sounds like a real population explosion is expected uh, so I guess uh, Krista perhaps to you how do you start to figure out how you're going to handle all that. Thanks, Wendy. So the, the city is currently planning for, for its population to 2051, actually right at the moment. So we're undertaking an official plan exercise combined with many master plans, such as the water master plan, the transportation master plan, the parks master plan, and all of those tie together to plan for our growth to 2051. Um, right now, as you said, our population is around 136,000 people. And we're planning to grow to 203,000 people by 2051. So that's approximately 60,000 people we're going to be accommodating within the city of Guelph. Uh, We're also planning for a job increase. We're planning for 34,000 more jobs in that same time horizon. So um, with our master plans and our our growth management work through our official plan update, we're thinking long-term and and how we accommodate the population and the growth that has been occurring historically in Guelph, plus what we anticipate in the future. Forgive me for my ignorance, but can somebody kind of uh, just explain really basically to me what the mass, what a, what a master plan is? Well, master plans are they're really forward-thinking documents, so they're completed regularly and updated to determine our long-term capacity and the design for our growing community. 
so, you know, we always hear about growth, but then you can also hear about urban sprawl. So one is really good. One's maybe not so good. So you have to have the right kind of growth. So how do you figure out that, how you want it to look? Well, and the province gives us some guidance on that as well. So 50% of our, our growth, so 50% of that population, we're going to accommodate within our existing built up areas. And then the other 50% is in what we call greenfield development or those areas of this within the city limits that aren't developed yet. So we'll be taking 50% of that growth within the within the built up area and the other 50% in the existing greenfield area, all within the city limits though. So looking at growth, just in general, when I think of that, first you think about housing. Uh, so you got to figure out where people are going to live when I imagine a mix of what kind of housing units you're going to have. Is that true? Uh, that, that's absolutely true. So um, we've been undertaking an exercise recently of where we're going to grow and how tall are we going to grow? And is it in the downtown? Is it in the nodes and corridors or is it in existing built up areas? And it's probably a combination of all of those in order to accommodate that population as well as our mix. I think if we've seen from you know the 80s to where we are now, the city has been uh, transforming from mainly single detached dwellings to now we have more pick, uh, mix of townhouses and apartments. And how does it how does it all balance to meet those growth targets? And Tara, maybe this one is for you. I just, I heard Chris to say something about within the city limit. So that means you're not planning um, expropriation or growing outwards, is that right? Um, so at this point, no, when we plan, we plan for what land is currently in our city limits. Um, but what Chris just had, had said about like the different types of and mixes and where will the density, um, be located, um, that's really where then the connection with the master plans is really important. And, um, Jennifer's teams right now are, are really like trying to look at some of those factors because you, you're going to need different sized pipes and different, you know, capacity for these things, depending on where the people and the density is. And so I don't know if Jennifer, you want to explain a little bit about how that process works. Sure. I can do that. So, um. So my department primarily looks after water and wastewater and solid waste. So I can speak most knowledgeably about water and wastewater master planning. Um, there's a variety of different master plans um, and they're all focused on how do we support the growth that's coming? So we talked to Krista's team about what's coming. What are their plans? Where is the development going to happen? How much and. Um, and we look at, from a water perspective, we look at, uh, the first thing we look at is water supply. So do we have enough water supply in order to service the growth that the province has mandated for the city? And that's planned by Chris's area. So um, the city of Guelph is a groundwater community. And so we get all of our water from the ground. We don't have the uh, Great Lakes nearby in order to, to pull water. So water supply is actually a really critical factor for growth in the city. Um, we also look at um, the pipes under the ground, as Tara mentioned. So we need to look at the size of the pipes um, in water. We're particularly particularly interested in fire flow, making sure the firefighters have something to put out fires with. And in wastewater side, we're really looking at the size of the pipes and capacity. So can we handle all the flow um, that comes from the new subdivisions or 
or uh, other item uh, businesses and things like that. And we have to look at it from a holistic perspective, which I think makes it really interesting because all the pipes are connected. So we can't look at growth just where it's happening, but also where is it going to go through in the already built parts of the city. So those are the those are two. I can talk about other ones uh, later on if you'd like. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, you know, it's one of those things like you just think about, wow, there's going to be more people. So we're going to need more jobs. We're going to need more housing. But then there's all that stuff under the ground and stuff that we, you know, you're not going to get too far without a water supply. That's absolutely right. And uh, that's part of the beauty of my work is everything is hidden and underground and people kind of forget about it until like you see a big water main break or sinkhole or something like that. But uh it's just, it's so very interesting to look at, um, I guess, the science behind it because we use modeling um, with population numbers uh, to determine the size of pipe. And we look at, you know, how, how fast the flow of wastewater, for instance, can get to the treatment plant. Um, we look at, at the treatment plant, we look at the, um, what's going into our river um, because that's mandated by the Ministry of the Environment, Conservation and Parks. We got to make sure that the, what we've treated that's going to the river can handle can handle it. Um, so it's all like, it's so sciencey. It's so very interesting. And I love talking about it. It's, it's great because, it, and it's all connected. Like, everything is connected. Literally everything's connected, right? Yeah. And then if you think about um, kind of taking off from where Jennifer is, is then once they um, identify those needs, how big the pipes need to be and, and how about the capacity of the plant and do we need to expand the, the treatment plant and, you know, some of those, those conversations, do we need a new groundwater well? Um, and then, you know, that completely translates into our budget and the long-term planning for how we're going to pay for those pretty significant investments in infrastructure. Um, and so that's really where that, that uh, comprehensive budget uh, pulls all of those pieces together because there's all the services that we provide are impacted by this growth that's occurring. Jennifer? If I could just add to that, I think, um, a really important point too is it's not it's not just the infrastructure that needs to go in the ground the capital but what those are capital projects it's the operating costs behind those that people sometimes forget about we need to continue to operate and maintain the pipes and the treatment plants and the and you know the wonderful water towers that we see the hydrants everything we need to maintain them and people often forget about that side of the coin with respect to the budget and uh, i think we do that very well here in guelph by having a, a forecast for our operating through our multi-year budgeting that we're starting. Right. So, uh, okay, so we've sort of covered that a little bit. I, I want to hit lots of different topics if we can, and then we can always go back. But, okay, so then we're going to have more people, therefore new jobs. Uh, what are you planning for? How do you know what new jobs you're going to be able to uh, have for people? Well, Wendy, I think we, you know, I think we're taking a little bit of an approach right now and, and thinking a bit long term. I think COVID has uh, made us rethink perhaps traditional planning and how we accommodate for the changing world and what a pandemic life could be, but just, you know, to have options. So we're, we're really looking at being resilient to our design and, you know, healthy and sustainable as well, but trying to make sure that we plan for flexibility and mixed use and, and a variety of opportunities through the planning process. So we are really looking long-term at, at the changing world and how you know jobs and typical jobs have changed over time and what we can do to, to kind of be prepared for that and, and be forward-looking. I wanted to ask that too, because obviously COVID's impacting everything and everyone. Um, 
so as you were saying, we don't even really know what our jobs are going to look like. I mean, look, we're all sitting here in our homes, right? We're not at our office at the moment. So how do you plan for something which you really don't know is coming? You know, and and so so we've had lots of talks around the table about that and certainly even on the master plan work, you know, how, how do we design to be that resilient community that can be prepared for for whatever kind of comes our way and it's looking at it from our transportation master plan and making sure we have walkable and complete communities that have jobs plus residential plus commercial. Um, so, so that's kind of the path we're on right now is, is being that um, vibrant urban community that we are, but having that resiliency lens as well. And just in general, how do you pay for growth? Does growth pay for itself or where do you get the money to even expand these things? So I can start here. Uh, we have a lot of different revenues in the city that uh, kind of come together to pay for growth. Um, so we talked a little bit on the capital side. Jennifer was talking about the, the capital infrastructure there. Uh, we have what's called an Ontario development charges. And uh, these are fees that uh, are levied on new development and redevelopment to pay for that expanded population and, and the expected capital costs uh, on, on certain projects. The really legislative process and, um, and an open and transparent process to set those fees. And we do that every five years. Um, legislation's changed. We have some changes coming. Uh, there's a new charge called the community benefit charge that's going to add uh, a little more flexibility into the types of uh, costs that we can include in, in that growth uh, uh, calculation. So uh, that is uh, something uh, over the next two years that staff will be working on. But we know that that capital um, revenue doesn't fully pay for the cost of growth. Um, and that's when then we start to look at the other sources of revenue. And uh, as there's new uh, new properties and new businesses, that also means um, new property tax uh, revenue, and it also means growing rate revenue. And uh, those operating uh, revenue increases are then um, matched to the new operating costs for the most part is is really that matching principle that we're trying to mm -hmm. to keep whole. Um, there's also other revenues in the city too, like in, in Krista's area, we do have um, development application fees and there's building permit fees. And, and those are really a cost recovery mechanism for growth related costs as well. And so we're, we're kind of looking at all of those sources of revenue and, and matching those to the costs over, over that forecast period. So um, I know you have a lot of major projects on the go. Um, we've talked in other podcasts about the new library and, and you're going to probably be doing a lot with transit, et cetera. So um, could you talk about some of the major projects that are related to growth? So I can start. Um, you, you did mention uh, the big one that was just approved with was our South End Recreation Center. So 
Um, that is a recreation facility in our south end that is uh, essentially 100% uh, related to the growth uh, down in, in that area of the city. It's really for the entire city, but um, because of, of the, the Clare Malpy and, and the development that's happened in that area, uh, that the need was identified to have recreation facilities in, in that area. Uh, we've also, like you mentioned, part of the library in Baker District is absolutely uh, related to, to the growth that's expected in the downtown. Um, beyond that, uh, there's, uh, I don't know if Jennifer, if you've got specific uh, examples for some of the infrastructure and water wastewater side. I don't from a, a big project perspective, because it really is like pipe based. It's kind of. You know, when, where do we need the pipes? Where do we need the hydrants? Where do we need the maintenance holes? Where do we need water tower storage facilities? Where do we need some new wells? So we're doing, we're doing work right now on our water supply master plan, looking for new sources of water for the city um, and doing that kind of work, but it's not as, um, it's not as big as like a community center or a, a library, but it's, uh, it's still very essential work. I think that the other uh, major uh, project that, it's kind of over the longer term, but it's in our transit system. Um, we do have some targets to, uh, you know, enhance or enhance the modal split and get get out of your car and more into the public transit uh, system. And um, so through the forecast, there's there's a lot of investment in in transit at this point, and that that's really growth related as well, or partially growth related. Krista, did you want to jump in there? Yeah, and I think Tara quickly mentioned the Claire Maltby uh, neighborhood. And so that is um, one of the greenfield areas at the south end of Guelph that is being planned out to serve our population for the long term. So that'll obviously have a lot of uh, the capital and budget implications and costs going forward and help serve and provide uh, usage for the residents of the south end rec center. And the Claire Maltby neighborhood when we we're talking about trying to accommodate that 60,000 people, that's going to accommodate about 16,000 people just kind of in that one community, which is anticipated to come forward probably around the 2025 mark. So that's one of the, the longer term growth scenarios as well. This is, uh, you know, one of those questions, it's just kind of, how do you even answer it? But is all growth good? Or how do we view that? I feel like that's a bit of a, maybe a Krista question. <laughs> you know, I, I, well, I'll jump in and I think having a positive growth rate is, is really good. Um, you know, we've certainly, you know, from my, my place, I've seen cities and municipalities that have a negative growth rate and what that a negative growth has the implications on a municipality um, as far as still providing that level of service, but having a, a negative growth rate is, is an, is an impact. So. Um, having a positive growth rate is is excellent, and you know it, it allows us to do things in Guelph that other municipalities that maybe aren't growing don't have the same opportunities for. And Jennifer, how do you see it? I I totally agree. I think growth brings a vibrancy to the city that's that's needed. The people who who are living here um, love having the amenities that we have here in Guelph, and that's um, that's due to growth. So I totally agree with everything that Krista just said. Yeah. Yeah, 
No, I was just going to say, it sounds like really an exciting, we need some good news and, and all this, you know, it sounds really exciting and, and, and it's a, it's a good time to live and work in Guelph, obviously. Uh, thank you to my guests today, Tara, Krista, and Jennifer for explaining the challenges of growth and for uh, now and into the future. And I think Guelph is in good hands, ladies. Thank you so much. I'm Wendy King, and this has been Big G in Conversation. I'm Wendy King with the City of Guelph's Big G in Conversation podcast. Thanks for joining me. If you have ideas for a show or comments, you can email biggpodcast at guelph.ca. Until next time, take care and let's keep the conversation going.